You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Wednesday edition. My guest, as usual, Mr. Nick Winkler, will be joining me momentarily. We're going to talk about that Monday night football game between the Bills and the 49ers, where the 49ers are currently. We've got some questions from you, the listeners, to dig into as well on today's show. This football season will, and it already has been, extremely different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. At BD Peacock is where you can find me. That's where most of these questions will come from. You can also email the show, LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Let's bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Nick, I, I made it to... December. I finally cracked up. 2020 got me. Did you listen to Monday's episode? I called Josh Allen, Josh Rosen about 15 times. I did hear that. The first time you said it, I was like, oh, he'll correct himself. He'll correct. Oh, oh, that's all right, buddy. Hey, it happens. You're, Maybe I you know, need. Nobody's perfect. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe I need a full-time co-host. Yeah. To catch that <laughs> I don't know, man. Just that to keep me like in check. Much. Yeah. Keep you in check constantly. Be like, uh, hey, dummy, you mean Josh Allen, obviously. I need like, Make- the, what was the uh, Tony Reale, the stat boy? I just need somebody to be like, uh, yeah, actually, the, oh, like that's, a, a that's, that's wrong. You completely made that up, and that's the wrong person. Oh, yeah, like on about. PTI at the end right. of the show when yes. someone comes on. It's like, few errors we made today. <laughs> yeah. So. Exactly. I'll do that from now on on Wednesday shows. I'll just listen throughout the week. I'll make I'll make just a stat, like a whole chart. And then I'll come on, and that's what we'll start with. I'll be like, okay, so here's where you messed up last Thursday. And then on Friday, you were clean. Monday, you really blew it. Yeah, Are really bad Monday. Monday, your <laughs> PFF grade was a, like a 43. <laughs> no, I, man, Josh Allen looked good last night, didn't he? That was, that he was hard to watch. I mean, it was easy to watch because of how good he is and how fun it is. And, you know, as a... As a fan of the game, it's fun to watch good players do good things. But as right. you know, a 49ers fan, I'm sure that was difficult to watch. And I think 49ers fans are probably cracking up around this point in the season, too, because just that bit of hope, and it's still not over yet. Like, the door has not been slammed shut. Sure. It was an AFC team they lost to. And one of the things I did talk about Monday is if there was one game to lose the rest of the season, it was that game against the Bills. All four NFC opponents left. That NFC tiebreaker is going to be big conference record. But you have to win out. The 49ers cannot screw up. They have to win out, and they have to beat the Cardinals, and they have to beat Seattle. And don't look now, but uh, the Washington football team is playing pretty good with Alex Smith right now. They just knocked off the Steelers and handed them their first loss on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Alex Smith. He's not going to lose you a game. You know, it's not going to be Alex Smith's fault that you lose a football game. It, it may not, you know, he may throw for 198 yards on 38 pass attempts, yeah. but it's not going to be his fault that, that you go down. And no, it's been, what a story, man. Comeback player of the year, no doubt. It should be unanimous. Oh, Like they might, they should rename the award, the Alex Smith award. I mean, it's yeah, just it's unbelievable serious. what this guy's gone through. It's, it's, that, that's awesome. And yeah, I look forward to that, that matchup, you know, that'll, that'll be good to, to, you know, go up against your old guy. It's always a good time. You, there's a few guys you don't ever want to go up against. I don't mean personally. I don't know. Like, I didn't like going up against Frank Gore. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something about that I just didn't like. But Alex Smith, like, yeah, that's okay. I think that's going to be all right. 
I just don't want to see him get hurt again. There, do you see him yeah. bleeding all over the place? It was the it was what the opposite kid? leg, yeah. but Ooh. it was like, oh wait, let's get him, get him off the field, man. You you did good. <laughs> you proved everybody wrong. Now stop. I like too when they were talking about Josh Allen last night, and they're like, "You grew up a 49er fan, you know." He said Jeff Garcia was his favorite quarterback. I'm like, "Yeah, all right, dude, that's right. your boy, Jeff Garcia. Yeah. That was your all time quarterback guy. draft pick when we did that draft After a couple you took, years ago. Uh, young in Montana, yeah. yeah. I hoodwinked you. <laughs> it was a good move. Yeah, that was fun. We we should probably do something like that again this summer. I think that's a great idea. Absolutely. Uh, what are your takeaways from the game? Obviously, the, the Bills are pretty good. That was one of my main takeaways. Yeah. Like, okay, that's that's a legit Super Bowl contender. Their defense, the numbers didn't match with what I saw on the field. They've got a lot of talent on defense. I think they're a well-coached team, both offensively and defensively. They've got firepower. Receivers were running open quite often in that game, and their quarterback is playing at a super high level. That was an MVP caliber form, performance against a really good defense and a well-coached defense that the 49ers are running out there. And... I think pass rush was obviously a problem for the 49ers D getting pressure. And, and, you know, when they did get pressure, Allen was so good at just moving around and maneuvering. And he didn't make a bunch of plays, you know, running the ball, but he used his legs to create time and then it made things difficult for the 49ers secondary to continue to cover. But 375 passing yards and four touchdowns, that was an MVP-like performance in a primetime game, I think. Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest surprise to me. It wasn't that he's a good quarterback, because, you know, you kind of know that already. You know, he's especially if you play any sort of fantasy football. You know, he's been one of the top guys all year. And for me, all season, I've watched a lot of red zone. And so when they go to the red zone, it's usually Josh Allen running into the end zone to score a touchdown. And so to watch Mm -hmm. a whole game of him control the offense and really just find the open receiver and and read the zone and know exactly where his guys are going to be. And, you know, Stephon Diggs is obviously a top receiver in this league, so that must be nice to have a guy like that that you can just depend on whenever you need that touch. And Cole Beasley's just... He's, he's a stud. I mean, he just he kind of has been everywhere he's gone. He's just been under the radar. He's one of those guys, you know, you look on a third down, you know, you, Colby's is probably going to be open. You should yeah. go find that guy. And but. it was exacerbated by the fact that the 49ers were on their fourth string nickel yeah. corner. So that was just tough because the 49ers didn't really know what to do there. And and even uh, Beasley's touchdown catch was Sherman was in coverage on him that time. So they, they moved guys around. They used Dante Johnson a lot. They used... Ward a little, they use Sherman a little on Cole Beasley, but it was it was just tough because he's such a good slot weapon, and obviously that's what Kyle Shanahan was hoping that Trent Taylor was going to become, and he was kind of starting to head in that direction as being that type of player out of the slot, and we've seen multiple guys like that, you know, in in the NFL, and it's nice to have right. one of those guys on your team, but you know, so many injuries for for Trent Taylor, and he just doesn't move like he did as a rookie, so that's unfortunate. But um, yeah, as a fan of the 49ers, you, you watched that football game last night. They're, there really should be no other takeaway than the Bills are just a better football team. Right. Like, that's just, that's all there is to it. We're too injured. You know, a lot of our stars weren't in there. Mostert, you know, he they, they bottled them up. They were basically like, we're not going to let Debo or Mostert beat us. And, and you know, you had a good game. You know, you saw some good plays from Juszczyk. Even Jeff Wilson, you know, had his moments of, of, uh, of a good night last night. But, yeah, you said it. You, you said it that they're, they're a playoff football team. And, and uh, Josh Allen's playing at an MVP caliber level. And, you know, you ran into them at the wrong time, and uh, they just beat us straight up. That's it. You can't be upset about it. You said it. They're not out of it. There's four games left. They're all against the NFC. That conference tiebreaker is going to be huge when it comes to that final seventh playoff spot. And, guys, don't rule out the possibility of that eighth playoff spot still opening up. I mean, let's not – you can't bank on it. And don't you start rooting too- for COVID either just to get right, that no, eighth exactly, spot. <laughs> that's just the way 2020 has been is that COVID sometimes just takes over. Yeah, don't be surprised. Uh, 
That's that's yeah. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan's getting canceled this weekend. You know, like the it's crazy. strange things have happened in 2020. Then a, a a football game getting canceled. So it's not over. Don't give up. This is a we've got another big game coming up this Sunday. Don't be surprised if Josh Rosen actually is quarterbacking for the Bills before the end of the season. That's how crazy this season <laughs> has gone. No. Yeah, don't be surprised if Josh Rosen's a 49er next year. Like, who knows, man? Uh, people are like, hey, when's, when's Josh Rosen going to be a free agent anyway? Yeah, Come back home. He's probably a one-year deal, right? He's probably available. Uh, so anyway, with... Uh, with the 49ers, and we talked about how the, the Bills were a better team, and, and at full strength, the 49ers are right there, and they're one of the best teams sure. in the NFL. But it was clear the thing the 49ers were missing were the best players. The, you know, the, the key, yep. they didn't have the pass rush on, on Josh Allen. They couldn't pressure him. They couldn't get to him. I think Deion Jordan yep. got to him one time, and, and that was about it. Uh, the, that you was know, the only sack, I think. Yeah. Right, and, and quarterback. Uh, Mullins is, you know, Mullins is Mullins. We know who Mullins is now, and he's not a, a, a starting caliber quarterback that's going to go win you a football game against a really good team so you need Garoppolo out there you need George Kittle you need more firepower on offense if you're going to have to play that sort of a shootout type of a game like we saw Mm -hmm. against New Orleans that was Garoppolo that was Kittle that was Emmanuel Sanders 49ers don't have any of those guys right now and then even Ayuk who had a really nice game and he's put together a bunch of nice games this year and is putting together a pretty good rookie season uh he also coughed the ball up too and gave the ball back to the bills so it's just you know you can't overcome mistakes on top of being undermanned which the 49ers were so that was nearly a blowout and i think the final score 34 24 doesn't really tell the story about how how soundly the 49ers were beaten no you're exactly right they were they were manhandled the first quarter was a lot of fun to watch you know the defense was stepping up uh i just i hated the play calling there when they got to the goal line uh, and just over and over and over. And finally, they're like, oh, wait, let's pass it. There we go. Oh, play action, okay. Yeah. On like the eighth try from the goal line. Uh, but no, it, it was a tough game. And, then, you know, we don't have to harp on it too long. We said it. The Bills were a better football team. They won last night. They played much better. Allen didn't make the mistakes. He just played well. He was just – you could see him constantly, you know, eyeing the defense and knew exactly where to go all night long. Uh, even though, I mean, you kind of knew it was going to happen early on when he just kind of lofted that ball right over Warner's hands. You know, you're like, oh, oh, I know. I was like, oh, is oh, he going to pick so that close. off? He's like, nope, he got it right by him. And that's the, yeah. those are the type of throws you have to make. You have to be able to put the ball, you know, in a, in a millimeter space. You have to mm-hmm. trust your arm and throw it by a defender's ear. You have to put it in the right spots with Mullins, you know, a couple passes near, yeah, uh, near was the showing right. Him. Yeah, yeah, it was like, a great oh, point by Greasy. Touchdown. Yeah. Right. You got to throw to the right shoulder. You got to give times. your guy a chance to run after the catch. So, you know, yeah. it's it's accuracy and then it's pinpoint accuracy. So, like, just getting it to the player sometimes is not enough in the NFL, and that's what the best right. quarterbacks can do. Yep, you're exactly right. And, unfortunately, Nick Mullins is not nope. one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's, he's just not. not. And I like Nick Mullins, but he's just, you know, yeah. he's not the guy you he's want starting for your he's team. He's a fill-in guy. We've got some questions here that are lined up from some 49ers fans that are fired up that have some different angles about this team currently. So let's get to those next and maybe turn the page and look a little bit toward week 14. You know how much I love Built Bars. And if you want the opportunity to buy a box of Built Bars for 20% off, well, I've got a deal for you. And they have a ton of new flavors of Built Bars as well to go along with their 12 original flavors. Bars are covered in delicious 100% real chocolate, not some brown colored sugary substance. This is legit chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are great for the health conscious folks out there if you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Bars are low in calories, low sugar, high in protein, high fiber, even great for keto diets. 
You go with the new cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. One of my favorite flavors is the peanut butter, 19 grams of protein in that one, only 5 grams of sugar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Here's an interesting stat from my guy Kruger. He says last night, last night's home loss assured home in quotes assured a third losing home record in the seven seasons since departing Candlestick. Three five hundred seasons, only one winning record at home for a season since departing Candlestick. Is there a Candlestick curse on the 49ers, Nick? <laughs> well, come on. There was a lot of bad football teams in there that you can't really can't really hold that against the the stadium when they're going out there, they're winning, you know, two football games, three football games in a season. So now I don't, I don't think there is, I don't think that, you know, obviously I loved the stick. I grew up going there. That was, you know, I watched the giants there. I watched the 49ers there. It was, it was amazing. That was, that was my spot, but man, that that's the new stadium. So nice. People hate on it and they disrespect it. And I get it. You know, there's a lot, there's a loyalty factor to it, but no, I, I don't, I don't believe in anything like that. I just think that they got beat at home a bunch of the season because they're an injured football team last season. They were great. At home, you know they went they they went to the Super Bowl. So you know, was it Levi's fault that they did so well too? Did you give them credit when when they do well there? No, is, is he, I don't know. What do you think? You think there's a stick curse? No, I don't think so at all. And and I don't think that's where Kruger was going with that. He just kind of used that as the benchmark since uh, you know Levi's Stadium hasn't really been a home field advantage for the 49ers and uh, and and you know Arizona hasn't been a full home field advantage so far yet for the 49ers right. either. But they've done really well on the road, which is strange. So uh, I've been in that stadium when you know last year that Monday night game against the Cleveland Browns. I was there, and that place was rocking, man. Mm-hmm. That was. Definitely a home field advantage. I so think, yeah. If you put a good product on the field, the, the fans will show up and they'll support them. It's just not in San Francisco, right? So it's a little ways away. Right. I think that's one thing that that is different about the mystique of Levi's Stadium. It's just new and some like Candlestick was worn down, and it wasn't like this beautiful palace or anything like that. And no. I think that was a badge of honor for some fans. I remember going there to San Francisco Giants games, and if you, if you stayed for a, a night game that went extra innings, they gave you a button because they're like, wow, you stayed for this? You know, with the wind swirling and it's freezing cold. So, right. um, you know, I think that's part of it. And and they got it ready so fast at Levi's. It was sort of a soulless place at the beginning, and there wasn't even a lot of signage and stuff like that. And they've added right. a lot of stuff. So, and of course, winning, like when you associate it with, oh, right, we went to the Super Bowl that year and all these big time games that happen in this stadium, it just takes time to build that up. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And it's funny too, because I was working in traffic when Levi's first opened up. So I was working one of the first home games and there were people calling like, I've been sitting here for three hours trying to get out of this parking lot. Like it was such a nightmare when it first opened. Yeah, that's another one. Somebody was talking about how it's like, well, it doesn't really matter if they're playing at Levi's or... In Arizona, for me, I could fly to Arizona just as fast as I could drive to Levi's Stadium on a game day. <laughs> nice. Especially for a primetime weekday game. Right. That's good. That's well put. How about this one from Joseph? Tomlinson now has five straight games with an elite PFF grade. Lincoln Tomlinson, your boy. The problem's Stud. never been how he blocks people, right? No. The problem's been the flags, and he's cut down on yeah. those too. I've heard his number called once all year long. I don't know if that number is accurate, um, but he's he's cleaned it up like that was my only issue with him is that he'd be playing well playing well and then the Niners would be driving and boom it'd be a false start penalty or a holding and it's like oh you just killed the drive man he's They're, not doing that he the, is playing great I love Lakin Thompson 
number one fan. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I can see you in a seventy five jersey, dude. I, I'll wear it for sure. I need to get. I got that Kittle mask. I think I need to get a seventy five. I think I yeah. need to go out and, and get locked down one of those seventy fives. There was a, a point in time. I don't remember exactly which stretch of games it was, but remember the 49ers were like the worst red zone team in the NFL and they would continually get to the red zone and then a penalty would push them back out of the red zone and they would have like Tomlinson every time. Yeah, it would be first and goal, second and goal from like the 23 yard line or something. Right, right. He doesn't do that anymore. No. He's my, he's my new favorite. It's my guy. I like that guy. Here's one. Congratulations. I didn't realize this. Saw this uh, from uh, 49ers web zone Twitter. Congratulations to 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala and his wife who are expecting their seventh child, a boy, in April. I did not know that. I did not know Robert Sala was so prolific. Seven. He's got his front seven ready to go, man. Seven kids. Oh, my God. I have two. I can't even imagine. Oh, I could not even begin to comprehend. There was a, they were showing that Bills guy last night, too. And they're like, oh, yeah, his, his wife and six kids. And I was like, oh, wow. But I guess it's like a coordinator thing. Like, you just got to have a lot of kids. So uh, Philip Rivers family and Robert Sala's family could legitimately put like a, a, a whole basketball team together, starters and reserves, and, and not right. have to worry about people getting tired. Right, have a couple of six men ready to go. That's amazing. Rivers has eight. Eleven kids, right? Oh, is it eleven? It's eleven. Oh my god. Or maybe it's nine. Hold on. I gotta look that one up. Nine. There are nine. nine. Okay. Wow. Woo. Almost in double digits Seven's there. Seven's a Rivers. lot too. Let's not joke oh, about dude. it here. Like yeah. that's my brother has five. And that's that's insane. That's that's like they range from nineteen to seven. Five kids is already four too many. I think three's too many. I think once you get like outnumbered <laughs> by the kids, yeah. what are you doing? Like they're gonna guess, own you. I guess if you can hang, if you can handle it, n- none is there's no number that's too many if you're cool that's with it. But point. man, for me personally right now, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine going to like three, let alone seven. My goodness. Yeah. Two two's a whole new world. I just can't even imagine introducing the third one. Like, no thanks. We're good. We're done. I mean, if you're Sala, right? And this is a good point from Steve. He said, Looks like instead of drafting or trading for talent, Sala is going to Going for a third strategy, growing them. He has enough growing for them. the D-line and linebackers for a 4-3 scheme. He'll have to chat with the other parents about uh, getting players <laughs> for that secondary, though. Uh, Shanahan has a few. Maybe yeah. they can. Maybe Saul and Shanahan together could put together a full, a full defense. Uh, Something maybe to some, be said for some homegrown talent. Man. Yeah, and I guess if you have six and you're a defensive coordinator, you got to you got to get that last linebacker, right? You know, we talk about him and him and Shanahan putting this together, but let's be real that he's going to be gone. We're not going to have Robert Sala That's next true. Year. We yeah. need to start coming to terms with that. Well, hey, if you were uh, a, an owner and you were trying to decide between Brian Dable, the Bills offensive coordinator, and Robert Sala, mm-hmm. the Niners defensive coordinator, maybe uh, maybe Brian Dable won that head-to-head, and, and he yeah. hasn't he has an, uh, a leg up on Robert Sala. And there's going to be other candidates out there, so I don't know if it's a guarantee he's going to get a job. It's a guarantee he's going to have interviews, though. That's for sure. Right. Yeah, you're right. Maybe he'll go in there and just blow it. You know, fingers crossed, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think more more teams are probably trying to go to offensive coaches. Not that that's yeah. necessarily the best strategy, but I, I understand why they would want to do that. And and I think that's one of the things that might work against Sala as far as the Lions go. And that's the job he keeps getting, he well, keeps getting connected to. But people went together. And right. Like, okay. <laughs> hire this guy but they just had uh they just had a defensive coordinator and so do they want to do that again or do they want to say you know what let's get matthew stafford an offensive guy and then we'll worry about defense later right so i don't know 
But anyway, congratulations to the Sala family. Yeah. Seven kids. Like you said, if you can handle it, good for you. Yeah. We got a bunch of questions here. How about this one from Carlos? He says, you know, December is depressing by itself until Christmas and New Year's Eve arrive. The question is, do I still push for my Niners the last four games or do I change the mood to get a great draft pick? Again, greetings from Mazatlan. So shout out to Carlos and all my listeners in Mazatlan. Love to hear from you. Uh, What do you think? Are you rooting for draft pick? Are you rooting for wins? Because you can really see how this is coming, right? It's going to be two more wins against those NFC East teams. (laughs) Niners fans are going to get excited again. You start start looking at tiebreakers. If the 49ers win out, they're going to make the playoffs before the rug gets pulled out from under the team again, right? I just feel like that's the direction this is going to go. But here's the thing. How could you ever root for your team to lose? Like, how could you ever root against not getting excited like yeah last night was so exciting like it was so much fun on sunday like the anticipation of that monday game and oh this is gonna be great and yeah they lost and that sucks it's just like going to the super bowl sucks when you lose but you don't want to like not go to the super bowl because you think you're gonna lose like of course there's the option that the rug might be pulled out from under us and we might all of a sudden not get the best draft pick but traffic's bust all the time live in the now man Go for the wins. Get in the playoffs. Get your quarterback back. Get your best player back and go for it. I'm with you. You, you got to, and like it, then you can have at least a bright side to the loss where yeah. you say, oh, yeah, you know what? That's at least we get a better draft pick now. But right. rooting for losses, it makes sense if like you're the Jets right now. Like there sure. was, there were Jets that were, that were so happy that Henry Ruggs <laughs> caught that touchdown You're pass. Right. And uh, Greg Williams, what an idiot. Like, that guy is my least favorite person in the NFL. Like, he's such a fraud. He's going to get another job, though. No, he's not. He can't get another job. I mean, he will, but he shouldn't. But you know he will. But that was hilarious that he got fired. I know. I love it. (laughs) And Adam Gase, the head coach, is like, I wish I I had been paying attention that idiot was going to make that call. I would have just called a timeout. But then what happens? Because the defensive coordinator is making the calls. So what do you do? Do you, like, do you somehow tell the people upstairs to mute the defensive coordinator and then you're the head coach. So if you're you the head coach, call you the play ultimate say, right? Right. But, like, but like, do you have cut. a, do you have like a, a call ready to go in that situation? Like, how do you do that to veto a coach that you're standing right next to? How do you get him to, to shut up and not make another play call? If he's going to make a bad play call anyway, it's a very right. strange I, situation there. That's kind of, I mean, you know what? That's kind of his fault for putting his trust in Greg Williams as a defensive What's coordinator. It's his fault for hiring him in the first place. Right. Right. He's the GM, right? He, he brought him in. And it was genius by GM Joe Douglas to not make a change because we've seen every team that has made a change at head coach has won. Has yep. won. And so yep. he, but you have no choice there to fire the defense coordinator after that, but they, he kept Gase. So that was a, a genius decision by the players aren't going to, the players are playing for their jobs. They're not going to tank. The right. coaches aren't going to tank. They're playing for their jobs too, or playing for their next job in the, in the case of the New York Jets. But the GM can sort of quasi-tank by not improving your roster in a way that's going to make you go over the hump right now. That's You cannot make a change at head coach to make sure you don't get that bump and accidentally win a couple games, and then you're on to something. But I, I think sure. Jets, Jets fans, I could see how they'd be rooting for losses at this point, but most other franchises, you got to you got to. Have you looked at the Jets' schedule, the remaining four games? No, I haven't. At Seahawks? At Rams, home against the Browns, at Patriots. Where's the win? Where's the W? Oh, lock it up. <laughs> lock it up. Oh, it's 16. The Raiders was that, the one, and they and they was. got out of there. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I was, I was saying. It was like, 
man, you almost have to like build a statue of Gase and Greg Williams if <laughs> if you end up drafting Trevor Lawrence and he takes you to the to Super Bowl, right? Right? Because otherwise he this, might be in Jacksonville. Games like that. If yep. literally, if Greg Williams doesn't make that call, potentially Trevor Lawrence is in Jacksonville, and if he's as good as everyone thinks he's going to be, uh, you know that was worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, more locked on 49ers Winky Wednesday coming up. Nick, this is not a New York Jets podcast. This is a San Francisco 49ers podcast, but I thought this was wait, hilarious. Wait, hold up. It is. I want to. <laughs> I want to uh, talk about this stat I had booked, Mark, because we're just on that subject about that games and that call from Greg Williams. This is from ESPN. There's been 252 pass plays in the last 15 seasons to meet the criteria of final 15 seconds of the game. The team is down four to eight points, so you can win with a touchdown and an extra point, mm-hmm. and 40 plus yards to the end zone. Only one play involved six plus pass rushers, and that was that play, <laughs> the Jets defense on That's Sunday. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, what a horrible call. I mean, really. I can't think of a worse defensive call than that. Amazing. Pretty amazing. I, I'm glad, though. It, like, it makes, it makes uh, Jets games fun. Right? Now we got something to, yeah, something to watch the rest of the season. If they had won a game, it's like, oh, whatever. Now it's like, okay, going for that mediocrity. I love it. <laughs> you know, hey, we're talking about Washington. Uh, th- man, that's a good football team lately. Have you looked at their schedule since the week before Thanksgiving? They lost by one to the Giants, right? Giants? They've they've really turned it on as well, but yes. then they beat the they beat the Cowboys, they beat the uh, then the Giants beat them by three, then they lost to the Lions by three, but then they beat the Bengals, they beat the Cowboys again, and then they just beat the undefeated Steelers. Like this is a football team that's competing every single week. Ron Rivera's got this team turned around. Washington and San Francisco have the same record. They're both five yeah. and seven teams, so you can point and laugh at Washington or the New York Giants all you want, but you have the same record. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I'm, I'm not pointing. I'm not laughing. I'm not even calling this an easy game. Like this is gonna be tough. This is gonna be a battle. They the diff- found themselves a running back there in Gibson. That's he's a good, good rusher. Imagine if the 49ers, after losing on Monday Night Football, were like, "Ah, oh, well, at least we're still in first place at five and seven. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, it's another three games back. Pretty amazing. Well, I would say this: that Washington is building their roster in a similar way that the 49ers had built theirs, and it's a uh, it's the strength is the defensive line and Chase Young. Mm-hmm who is the number two overall draft pick this year, is for real. He's legit. Uh, and they're playing some pretty good defense right now. And uh, I think that's so key in the NFL is to have that defensive line and be able to get pressure, specifically edge guys that can that can create pressure and, um, yeah, and, and cause problems for opposing defenses or offenses. Yeah. You can see what a difference it is from last year to this year with both. Oh, you know, it's, it's just, crazy. And remember how bad the, the 2018 defense was. And it's, yeah. it's pretty clear how big of an impact Nick Bosa made last year. Yeah, I mean, just for Eric Armstead. He made Eric Armstead a lot of money. DeForest Buckner did as well. You're right. You're right. He should be buying those guys' presents every single Christmas. Man, and the the Colts, the one yeah. game that DeForest Buckner was out for the Colts, they got ran all over. Yeah. And then DeForest, DeForest Buckner came back. and I mean, it was against Derrick Henry, but that didn't happen the game before when they played against the, uh, the Colts. So, and then... DeForest Buckner comes back, and the defense looks really good again, and they get another win. Like, DeForest Buckner, I think we might have underrated how impactful he was. We all know he was really good. That wasn't in question, but he might be on a level higher than maybe even I thought he was, and I thought he was, you know, in, in that second tier of defensive tackles around the league. He might be in his own little tier between uh, between Aaron Donald and, like, everybody else. Like, he's a, he's a really impactful player, and I, I don't know if he got the credit 
he deserved last year for how good of a player he was. No, I think you're right. He didn't have the numbers. You know, the numbers didn't show mm-hmm. up. But yeah, he had to be accounted for every single snap. And so that freed up guys like, you know, especially, you know, uh, on, on the outside, you get Armstead out there. Like mm-hmm. you're seeing, we're seeing what happens when people focus on Armstead. And that's that you just don't hear his name called. That's just it. But when you've got Bosa to worry about on one side, you know, and you got Buckner in the middle, and it's like, oh man, then all of a sudden Armstead's got this single man coverage. You know, people just one blocker coming at him, and he's, right. he's getting freed up. Yeah, yeah it's just not up. happening this year. And they were chasing, they'll chase pass rushers into Armstead, or they'll chase yeah. pass rushers into other players too. So yeah, uh, it just totally makes right. everybody better. Yeah, you're right. And with, and even Javon Kinlaw, with as much of a monster as he is, there are some he's plays. Better, better. Oh, he is, but then there's plays where it's like, man, he just like took himself completely out of a run. There right. was a, they're like, hey, this is a classic trap play, and I was like, oh, let's look at this end zone view uh, when they were making a replay oh, of uh, yeah, exactly. the Devin Singletary run. Rookie mistakes. Yeah, and the yeah. guard guard comes across, and Javon yeah. Kinlaw was so far out of the play once he got blocked and he got trapped. <laughs> you know, it was a trap play, and he was the he was the victim. They got, they trapped, got trapped there, yeah. and on the very first snap of the game, they went with a hard count and he jumped off sides. So yep. there's still a lot of rookie mistakes there, and um. As talented as he is, that's the other thing. It was like uh, a lot of people were like, oh, you just draft a first-round player, replace DeForest Buckner, all good. And it's just like it's not that easy because it's hard to replace a great player, and it takes time. And it's not to say that Javon Kinlaw is not going to get there. It's just to say that, man, it's just so hard to replace a player that's that's that good, even with a first-round pick. Yeah, no doubt. It was definitely a big step back. but And you you understand why they did it, too. You know, it it was, you know, you you had had to pay one of those guys. and, And, yeah. It's it's easy to look back and be like, oh, they should have paid Buckner and not and not you know Armstead, but uh, we we're not going to do that. That's not what this show's about. You know what we are about though is having fun. Let's have the, some fun at uh, a New York Giants fans' expense. We've already had some fun with the New York Jets on this episode. There's a clip I ran across this week, and it's an older clip from when the 49ers beat the New York Giants. Here is an angry Giants fan post losing to the San Francisco 49ers. Us who have been on the field, such as Daniel Jones, for several games now. Several. And you let a guy like Nick Mullins, who wasn't even drafted, not even drafted, who's a backup, come into that place and outperform you. Don't tell me the weapons on the 49ers offense today was any better than the Giants. He just outperformed Nick Mullins. <laughs> Why is Evan Ingram on the field? Nothing good happens ever. <laughs> okay, I think that's it for him. Yeah. He's, uh... Oh, man. You got to give a little warning there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I might not. I might not play all that. I have to do a little editing to uh, to that clip. But uh, yeah, that oh my just, gosh, uh, you know he obviously feels very passionately about his football team. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Colt McCoy looked good though, didn't he? In place of uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah, I think that's. I don't know what that says about Daniel Jones. Yeah, Nick. Mullen. He just outperformed. <laughs> Nick Mullins. <laughs> I just like the way he yells Nick Mullins. I think that's definitely going to have to be a drop. That's great. Nick Mullins. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like no one else in the world would believe it. Nick Mullins. <laughs> anyway, all right. 
Good stuff. Buddy. I think that's a great place to end this. Uh, what's your prediction? You you kind of caution fans not to get too confident about playing the NFC East and uh, the Washington football team this week. Do you have a prediction? The five and seven Washington whatevers against the five and seven San Francisco Arizona 49ers. Yeah, I think the 49ers are going to feel a lot more comfortable playing at quote unquote home this weekend. And yeah, I, I predict a, a 49er win. I think they're going to get out there. They're going to play tough. They're going to not be going up against such a great football team. And I think they're going to be like, oh, okay, this is nice. We are good. See, guys, we are good. See, see we're good. We got this. You know who's going to have a big game next week? Nick Mullins! <laughs> That's my prediction. I like it. All right, Get good. the ball to Debo, man. Find ways. Uh, get the ball to Debo. Get the ball to Ayuk. Uh, get the yeah. ball to... Don't get away from Mostert. Yeah, don't get away from Mostert. At least give him 12 carries before you start working in somebody else and, and make sure right. that person you work in is not Tevin Coleman. Yeah, God, that was bad, right? Do you see him on special teams too? I, well, that's tough because he's probably not used to playing special teams, but yeah. if you're going to be the third running back, you've got to be able that's to job. have some value there. Um, and, and that's another thing that's been rough with the 49ers. It's probably gone overlooked, and it hasn't really hurt them too much, but they're probably scrambling for guys to put on special teams because all their special teamers have been elevated to starter status, and then right. they're just throwing other guys in there. And then you have people like uh, Akella Witherspoon. It's, that's not his strength either, and he's playing on special teams now, so... Um, yeah, it just it's just a domino effect with all the injuries and, and as bad as the 49ers have been hit with that kind of stuff. Before we get out of here, too, he looked pretty good on that punt return, didn't he? He looked like he was going to break it. Oh, yeah, second. I mean, he's explosive. Like, get the ball in his hands. Yeah. That's that's his thing. And I think contested right. catches and, and down the field is going to be a little bit of a work in progress. He did make the one play. But, yeah, get find a way. And that I was actually kind of surprised that Shanahan didn't go to that that offense he had against the Rams the right. first, the first, or the second time, but uh, you know, like with Debo, but the first time too was like I, I, I expected to see a lot more of that against this Bills team, and uh, maybe it was just what the the Bills were giving him looks wise. It wasn't the right calls, but um, yeah, maybe the Bills came in. They're like, we're going to shut that down. Yeah, and I'll and I'll watch that game again and see if maybe that's there's something to that. But man, uh, I would have expected to see Debo Samuel touch the ball before the the late third quarter, and and Ayuk right. only still got. Five catches, I think, in that game and one punt return. But yeah, let him return all the kicks and and get the ball in his hands, hand it to him, throw it to him, get the ball in your playmaker's hands. That's the only way the 49ers are going to win any games because that's their strength right now. Better do it this week. Got to win this one. Got to do it against the Washington football team. This might be the week to do it to avoid that defensive line, get people uh, horizontally, and and don't ask Nick Mullins to sit in the pocket for. I kind of like you call them the Washington whatevers. I'm into that. Yeah, I just what do you call them at this? <laughs> Whatever. Point? Yeah, they'll have a new name at some point. I tried year. to explain it to my kids. I'm like, oh no, they're the Washington football team. Yeah, but what's their mascot? I'm like, oh, it's gonna take a while. <laughs> yeah, how much time you got? Several. <laughs> Great stuff. All right, thanks as always, Nick. My pleasure, bud. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to everybody who gets involved with the mail bags, and I'll be back tomorrow. It's already time for a Thursday crossover right here, locked on Forty ers See ya. Nick Mullins!